Hello and welcome to Career Move Secrets, a brand new podcast for active job seekers and the career minded. In each episode, I'll interview a special guest from my global network. Guests will include seasoned recruiters, experienced hiring managers from companies big and small, and successful individuals who have developed great careers through making great career moves. My aim is to uncover and share my guests' unique perspectives, their insights, and their insider advice on job searching, interviewing, and career enhancement. My name is Tony Talbot, and I've been working in the recruitment industry as an international headhunter for over 20 years. I'm the creator of CareerMoveSecrets.com, a step-by-step online course for job seekers that I designed to be the ultimate guide to getting hired in the hidden job market. I will add my perspective to the conversation, and together with my guests, we hope to provide some genuine, actionable insider advice that will help you execute your next career move. Thanks for joining us today. Hello and welcome to episode 20 of Career Move Secrets, and today's guest is Jonathan Goring. Jonathan has been a senior leader in the construction industry for over 20 years, and he's been an executive director in a major PLC, a partner in a global management consultancy, and today he is the group development director of UNI PLC. Hi, Jonathan. How are you? Very well, thanks. Yeah, Tony, uh, in good shape. Yeah. And where do, you, where do you find yourself today? Well, you know the answer to that. Um, <laughs> I've, I've, I've decided to work from home, uh, but my home is uh, my home is in Mallorca. I've got a house in Mallorca, so uh, we decided to decant last week and, and uh, make the move. I find it very easy actually. So with Zoom calls, Teams Teams calls, and so on, I can quite easily do what I do remotely. I've I've often thought about it. I've got to say because again, we could probably do something very similar, but if we're still here in Yorkshire, albeit it's very very nice most most of the time. But the um, the lemons are far far better in Mallorca. I have a lemon tree in my garden, and uh, and so every time I need a gin and tonic, I say need, um, then I I go and pick a lemon, and they they, they just smell better. <laughs> <laughs> I'd need a very big tree if that was the case. Um, but uh, yeah, look, obviously, Jonathan, you and I know each other a little bit. We we um, we had a, a little interaction recently, um, doing a webinar together for the University of Westminster, which was very enjoyable. But of course, my guests don't know uh, lots and lots about you. So could you give us your career history? Um, sure. Um, I'm, 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 I guess I'm a bit of a maverick, and I'm going to go way back to when I was uh, probably 12. Um, I, I, was, I was brought up on a farm, and um, my dad was a builder, so at weekends I used to go, and when you were still allowed in those days to do weekend work as a nipper, I used to go and work on building sites. Um, and I kind of got it in my blood. And then some crazy career teacher at school said, no, you're good at maths and science. You need to be a chemical engineer. So I went to university, did, uh, did chemical engineering for one year, absolutely hated it. Unfortunately, the teacher was wrong. And so went back to my roots. I had always enjoyed building and making things. So um, I came down to London from Sheffield, which is where we lived at the time. And um, I, uh, I did a a degree in um, construction management. Um, from there onwards, uh, I, I was a bit of a nomad, actually. Um, I In those days, you could do a sandwich course, which basically get, got you immediate in, entry into, um, uh, into a career. Uh, and I hopped in and out of careers because I did a lot of time doing expeditions in South America and Central America. So I'd kind of disappear for three months. 
uh, luckily with the blessing of my employer at the time, uh, I finally settled down uh, into um, a career as a, as a construction project manager, probably when I was about 25, something like that, um, and got involved during uh, the mid-80s in a period of massive boom, actually, in some massive, huge projects, uh, working for Bovis in those days, uh, now Lend-Lease, um, and uh, running big projects. Um, I then there was a massive recession <laughs> at the uh, beginning of the 90s, and uh, uh, I had made uh, a, a bit of a rash move uh, to go into development. Uh, I went and worked for a company called London and Metropolitan just before the recession. Um, everything went wrong. Everyone, got, the whole everyone in the company actually got got made redundant. So I became a university lecturer for a year, and at the same time did my masters in uh, property development in those days. Um, and then, then when I came back again, I came back to Mace, um, worked for Mace for five years, um, uh, running what at the time was, uh, bear in mind, we were just coming out of a recession, the biggest construction project in, in Europe for five years, which was British Airways World Cargo Centre at Heathrow. And then I got headhunted, uh, I think it's the only time I've ever actually been headhunted, to go and uh, uh, become a director of a company called Simons. Simons was a 850 strong uh, consulting engineering practice and quantity surveying project management practice. Um, and that was in um, that was in 2000. Uh, we grew Simons um, uh, from a management buyout. I actually joined to help with the management buyout, grew Simons from a management buyout, sold it to Capita in 2004. Um, and I swore that I'd do something, uh, I'd relax a little bit and probably stay with Capita for um, uh, about a year. Anyway, 11 years later, I was still there and I was running Capita, Capita uh, Simons, as it was called in those days, which is a four and a half thousand person business as the managing director of that business. Um, and, uh, and I left for interesting reasons, which I'm sure Tony will uh, want to talk about later. Um, uh, Basically, because uh, I, I've always been a, a customer kind of person, and uh, in my time, latter years, actually, capital changed a little bit, and our, our focus changed, so uh, I left, and I swore that I would never work for another company again, so I went and worked um, with, for free, for three years, uh, Ben Ainsley, uh, setting up an America's Cup sailing team, um, and I was lucky uh, while I was there, um, I managed to attract a sponsor for Ben who decided they were going to pay me, a, pay me a salary for going sailing and running a sailing team for um, a period of time, about two years. And that was PA Consulting, who were fantastic. They still are a good firm. Uh, really great consulting business. Um, and then um, I was headhunted out to PA and, and uh, to be the managing director of Lovell, which is a partnership homes business in the UK. And then most latterly, um, uh, and we'll talk about why we move careers, but uh, I kind of ran out of runway there, and I'll explain what that means. Uh, business kind of changed direction a little bit, and I went and I came to uh, UNI, and I'm now Group Development Director at UNI. Great. So that's my career. Sorry, it was a bit of a gallop. No, I like I, um, I, I, I assure this... you there are some bits <laughs> there, were, there was lots to take in it's it's interesting because you know you're, you're very open about how you know a career is not necessarily always just a a, 
a complete upward ascent. There are, you know, there are there are pitfalls in the road. I think in most people's yeah. careers, but uh, not everybody is honest with the with the sort of you know the ups and downs, the ins and outs. So I, I really really appreciate that. What, what, tell me about the moves and in a bit more detail, and you know, in the in the sort of latter years, because I think. I'm always I'm, I'm obsessed with people's moves and how they 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 come about. Well, let me tell you about the most the two most painful ones because any move, you know, if you've been with a company for a long time, it can be painful. I'll tell you about those. Um, uh, the, the, the the first one, I guess, um, I had uh, I was I was running Capita Simons or Capita Property and Infrastructure. Um, so we were a big big business and we were really reaching for the stars and we decided to bid for to be strategic business partner for the defense infrastructure organization. And um, we won it. I was leading it. And the, the, the view was I was going to step outside of Capital Simons and I was going to become, uh, I guess, a, uh, an outsourced civil servant. So at the high, highest level in the civil service um, running the defense infrastructure organization. For those who don't know, it's what used to be defense estates. And they basically run all of the military bases and they run... Um, 2% of the UK's land mass is covered by military bases and property. Um, and uh, two weeks literally after we won it, I just received a call from uh, uh, from the permanent secretary in government saying, well done, let's have a coffee sometime and decide how we're really going to do this. And Capita decided, the chief executive of Capita PLC decided they didn't want me to work for them anymore. Um, I, I'm, 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 very much a customer person and to be honest i tend to um if if it feels right to me i tend to give a little bit away in terms of upside and profit and um we had a new chief executive at capita who i didn't get on brilliantly with i must admit um he's not there anymore and uh he decided that he just wanted the profit and not the customer relationships and we had a massive fallout over it so i left and it was really painful because it took, it was a lot of heart went into winning that particular bid. So that's one of my reasons for leaving. And that's why I decided I'd never wanted to uh, be corporate again, because uh, to me, corporations represented inanimate, basically inanimate, you know, kind of behemoths or, you know, inanimate things, beings without soul or heart mm. and that may sound a bit blunt but that's just what i felt at the time the second time um uh i left um it, it kind of was of my my own volition but it was still painful um uh, morgan sindel i was the i was the managing director of lovell which is part of the morgan sindel group and i get on still very very well with john morgan he's a fantastic bloke so totally different reasons for capita but to be honest i just came to the end of the road came you know it got to the end of the runway um Again, we'd won something, a big, uh, a big uh, bid to do a six and a half billion pound project at Thamesmead with Peabody, uh, and the board decided they didn't want to do it anymore. And I did want to do it, so um, we literally. So it was me. I, I went to John and said, "John, look, I think you know I've got to the end of the road with Morgan Single. Um, I want to be involved in regeneration and creating homes and communities." And and um, the board decided it was too risky at that particular time, and uh, you know for them wasn't long ago about a year and a half ago and uh, so let's go our separate ways and we did and they treated me very fairly and and so on and so forth in fact both organizations in fairness did um other moves much much easier because i i, I don't think i ever i i don't think i ever looked for a job actually i i found employment mm. remarkably um easy i was just lucky i also came out of university bearing in mind at a time when probably only 10 percent of young people had degrees 
uh, it's very different now. I think it's nearer 50. So it, I, I honestly believe that a degree was was something in those days. Um, now it's very difficult if you're an employer to differentiate between different people from a CV and different types of degrees and so on through academic performance. So um, I was just very fortunate, I think, previously. And when you found those those roles, have they been? You, you mentioned you've been headhunted at least once, maybe maybe more often. But um, it, are the other ones where you've actually applied for a job, or is this through your network that you know somebody has called you that you've maybe worked with? Yeah. Okay, I've never applied for a job. Hmm. Never. Um, uh, it's always been through. It's always been through a network of some form. Actually, even headhunting, as you know, Tony, is through some form of network. Someone mm. recommend you to a headhunter. It's very unusual. Maybe LinkedIn helps. Now I don't know, but generally, it's through recommendation. So I've never applied for a job, um, and I've always tried to use difference to differentiate rather than actually uh, swim with the. Uh, you know, basically swim with a shoal. So I'm, uh, I, I, I think, I think if you naturally, if you're honest to yourself and true to yourself, you'll find what's right for you. That the, 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 the downside or the flip side of that is if you are literally applying for a job, it's somebody else's idea of what you should be doing. It's not necessarily the right thing to do. I always had a saying, um, if you don't like the, op- the 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 organization, you've got two you've got two options. You either leave or you or you change the organization. They're your only two options, really. Otherwise, you're not going to be happy in your work. Mm. I see it. So I've only ever left because I've run out of runway, or because I couldn't be of any more assistance. I couldn't be of any more use. So mm. that's it, really. Yeah, absolutely. I, I find that a lot of a lot of the most successful, most senior people I come across have have created their own roles. They've you know they've moved uh, seamlessly through their network, if you like, and they they take on one challenge after another. And the roles aren't you know necessarily hugely defined. It's it's make this happen or change this or what would you do if you were running this ship? You know what where what direction you would take it. And I think you know even for more you know junior people, that's that there is. An opportunity for that. In fact, in many p- places where I'm recruiting, you know, there's a brief, but it's it's you know, it, it's really about solving a problem, and each person brings their own solution to that problem. So you actually get a way to yeah. to, to shape your own role in a little way. In fact, well, let's talk about your your, your hiring experience because you've obviously you know you've been in charge of some fairly major businesses, you know, into the several mm-hmm. thousands. You've done lots of hiring, no doubt. Um, what what are your experiences there? Uh, you know, what, what sort of advice would you give to people? And um, well. I'm a bit of a maverick when it comes to hiring as well. Um, I don't believe in uh, lots of layers of hierarchy when it comes to hiring. I'm, I, um, I think if you're if you're looking for a job, so if you're on the other side, mm. the quicker you can get to the person that you may may be working for or with, the better. So to be honest, uh, for me, uh, HR departments are a little bit of an inconvenience sometimes in that in that in that situation. Mm. Uh, I'd like to get straight to the point. So I tend, I've always tended to do my own hiring. I've tended to be again a bit of a maverick when it comes to hiring and just hiring people because they, I'm I'm, I'm quite a believer in profiling actually, mm. so they have to be they have to be complementary or to fit in. But I, I generally hire people on gut. Um, the other thing, and not that we don't put people through lots of tests, but 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 on 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 gut primarily. The other thing is I normally go straight to the bottom of a CV and see what people do outside of work, because for me, if if you've got no, if you've got nothing 
um, exciting in your life outside of work, the chances are it'll be a short-lived relationship because you'll, you'll, you, you won't enjoy your work as much as if you have something else that interests you. So I get into the most fascinating conversations with people about their, their kind of, uh, their outside work, their non-work interests. Um, um, but, but yeah, generally I've, um, uh, I, I, I kind of tend to do it myself and I always find time to see people as well. You never know. I've, uh, I'm going to give you an example of a few people we've hired. We, we, spo- we sponsored a guy who was absolutely broke. He won't mind me saying this, a guy called uh, Mark Hunter to do the London Olympics. He was an Olympic gold medalist in Beijing. Um, he ended up working for us as a project manager. I mean, that's crazy, but that was a hire. Um, uh, I've just hired a guy on through a Zoom call, actually, um, to be my number two on a garden communities uh, business that we're setting up. Um, uh, he's a, he's incredibly numerate, um, uh, and fascinated by numbers, which I'm not fascinated by numbers. I may be numerate, but I'm not fascinated by numbers. So we, we complement each other quite well. Um, but that was on a, that was on a zoom call. Um, I've hired quite a few kind of non, uh, you know, kind of people from outside of our profession to sit in a, in professional organizations, just because it felt as though they had the right kind of management or leadership skills. Hmm. I generally feel leadership is more important in the very senior roles than management skills than, than, than process. Hmm. Um, but uh, I've certainly uh, been involved, not only hiring people actually, but also buying companies, bought 24 companies. Right. So buying companies and therefore having to relate very closely in a very short period of time to the individuals running those companies as well. Um, yeah. So, uh, and, and you've you've obviously been doing some recruitment in the new world of of Zoom. How how different have you found that? You know, the the difference of of meeting people face to face to having this sort of conversation. It's. I don't think it's any more. I don't think it's any more challenging in a funny kind of way. Mm. It's. I tell you what's quite nice when you do hire someone uh, on Zoom and and then you actually meet them afterwards. I've done that. I've I've actually met George now, who works for me. On he's worked for me for now now for two and a half months on zoom so i met him for the first time the other day but no i don't think it's any more challenging um in a funny kind of way um uh it's always been important isn't it to be very um uh prepared for a recruitment experience in a funny kind of way you can be more prepared because you can have everything around you you may need to refer to and you can feel and it's not that you ever need to refer to them actually but it gives you it's a comfort blanket for some people so i think you can actually have a more relaxed conversation on 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 zoom uh it feels less it feels less um oppressive than walking through a receptionist than someone's pa and going into a big office with everyone looking at you yeah oh if that makes any sense at all I think there's some real advantages. I was I was coaching a um, a, a guy the other day about it, and, and he was really worried about doing a, a Zoom call, and he, you know he'd never done one before. Um, and once you got past the sort of basics of using the platform, I was saying to him, "Look at all the advantages. You've got you know you need to have." I was saying to him, "You need to have look three minimum, maybe five really good intelligent questions to ask. Actually, they need to be really really well researched. These questions, and they're going to be relatively hard to to to." Rem- to remember but because you've got a screen in front of you and you've got the ability to look away at points you can have all of those those questions around the screen that you're looking at 
so that you can refer to them when you're asking the question. You only look like you're 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 searching for for something, you know, out the yeah. corner of your mind. It's such a great advantage to have that, which you wouldn't have if you if you walked into a real situation. And again, yeah, the the luxury of being, yeah. you know, in your own house uh, as opposed to walking, you know, doing that sort of walk through a, a long corridor and all that type of stuff. For sure. T- Tony, can I just reflect on something else? Um, and this is this is another thing that really, uh, I mean, this is the, often the clincher for me. Um, if you're if you're approaching someone, be really curious. Pick something about them that is just really quirky or or, or odd, and 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 land on it. Um, and it could be it could be something to do with a hobby they had, or a decision they made three years ago, or something. It's so easy now to research the individual, not just the company. Mm. Find out about the person and say, what what made you do this, or why did you do that, or you know, just, 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 just find a, find something to be curious about that, that get, develop that report, that, that rapport very, very quickly. And, and I, and, and you'll win. You'll, uh, yeah. you'll, you, you, you will be remembered. It'll be because we've all got degrees now. We've all got the same, we all come out of the same jelly mold. If we're not mm. careful, we need to be remembered in order to, uh, in order to succeed, I think. I absolutely agree. Yeah, I, I say to again, it's in my in my course. I I argue that look, we're all if you if you interview lots of people as you probably have, um, you know, maybe even during the course of a day, you know, maybe a short list for a particular role, and they're you know they're all yeah. you know they, they all look much the same because you know as a recruiter, I'm going to give you people that look much the same because I'm I'm trying to hit a brief. So the difference is is really really important. Um, and it's interesting that you go down to the hobbies because my argument has always been that the way that you get remembered and because everybody wants to put somebody in a box, it's much easier to, to put somebody in a box of, oh, he's the guy who did the America's Cup, as in your situation, than it is to put, put somebody in the, in the box of, oh, he was particularly, he did this very interesting project or, or he's the guy who was the director at such and such company. People are, are you know, much more likely to remember something that is quirky, unusual, and then they can relate to you in that way than they are if it's just a bog standard, or he was just very polished, or he, or she was very good. No, it's better to have something in your background that somebody can. It's a hook, you know, that somebody can remember you by, and then build a little bit of rapport around. So I, I absolutely agree. With that. And and it can be anything, Tony. Let me give you an example. We've got a guy um, that works for us called Louis Aaron. Uh, Louis's hobby is fencing. Mm. I must admit, I don't know another sword fighter. Um, so I would remember the fact that Louis's hobby is fencing before I remember where he went to university or what degree he's got. I haven't got a clue about those, but I do remember that his hobby is fencing because it's different. Yeah, in my mind, that'd be Zorro guy. When when I was interviewing, that's who he would be thereafter. And that's my point, is that people, you know, remember that they they need a little mental hook for somebody, particularly if they Mm. they see lots of people. It's the difference maker. Um, But I also agree with you that asking people quite personal questions in interviews, the people that are interviewing you, it, it demonstrates that you've done the research, that you found mm. out about that background, that you're interested in them, because of course it's a it's a human interaction and um, it's about being likable and liked and mm. liking each other as on a really basic level, mm. uh, 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 an interview process. But if you can, mm. if you can ask somebody a really personal question, let's take for instance, you know, you should always ask a, a question about culture, but just saying what's your culture is, is a fairly, you know, basic and, and, and pointless thing to say. But if you were to say to somebody, you know, Jonathan, in your case, 
you've been in, you know, when you were at Capita 11 years, you joined Capita 11 years ago. What's made you stay in the last 11 years? That's a much more powerful and, and personal question about culture. And you'll get much more out of them. They'll tell you why, their why as to why they're there and what makes it good. And it's a personal why rather than the, you know, here are our values that we don't really do anything with. And here's all the other corporate nonsense that doesn't mean anything. It, it, mm. it, it's uh, this, this is one of the things that struck me when, when we were talking it, uh, on the University of Westminster. For you, things are always very personal which are, and, and human. And that's what I think mm. they are for most people, but they don't, they're not always as mm. honest about it. Hmm. Another quick one, Tony, if it's okay. Um, it's particularly relevant, I think, to where we are now with uh, uh, COVID-19 and, and companies' health. Hmm. Um, it's all very well being successful in a job, but make sure it's a job that's still going to be there in six months' time. So um, I think it's worth right now doing a lot of research on the health of a company Mm. Um, because I know a number of people who have actually been very excited about joining a new company, having succeeded through a, a painful, not painful, but a, a rigorous interview process, and only to be found out that they may find out that they may they're making half the people redundant, or the company's not going to survive. Mm. Um, so it, it, it's it's really important right now just to check out the company or the you know the 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 organisation that you're that you're uh, aiming at as well. I, I, I so agree. there's a second layer of check. Yeah. Do do your due diligence. It's all part of what you should do before mm -hmm. you go and see a company anyway, in my, in my view. And it's, it's quite, it's quite rigorous. You know, you can, mm -hmm. you know, if it's a PLC, you can see, you know, quite a lot of the detail, even, you know, a, a limited company at company's house, you get to see a little bit more if you do that. And of course, actually what you really should do is ask people that, that know the business better than you. You should get that primary mm -hmm. that, you know, who do you know that work there? Or, or can tell you the inside track because that's highly illuminating as to what they're doing. But I agree, you, you shouldn't, you know, at the moment there are winners and losers as we, we, we both know. There's, there's companies with, you know, in the same industry, possibly facing the same problems, but they've got different solutions and different business models. There are winners and losers. I mean, you, you were saying, I think that you guys are, you continue to recruit right through this period, haven't you, where, you know, a lot of your yeah, competitors. Yeah, well, we've done both. We've done both. We've 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 lost people. You know, we've made people redundant, and we put people on furlough. But we've also um, we're also going through, and uh, we, we we've spotted an opportunity on in garden communities. So we're building a business around that mm. because actually, right now, a lot of companies are on their knees, and it's a good it's a good time to go out there and do what you need to do by land and, 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 and also to employ consultants actually who are mm. you know desperate to be part of something in the future. So, so, um, I, yeah, um, we've continued to be extremely active. Um, but we've certainly taken the moment to, to, um, slim down the number of projects we're doing, um, and just to clean out our, basically clean out the cupboard to be to, to, to be blunt i don't mean of people that would be mercenary i mean of um, i mean of projects that are no good and no good for us so um no it's it, it's definitely been time to think um and going back to you know don't, don't if you if you're not comfortable in a situation either leave or change it i think we're in changing it mode actually um you know we're there's a we're kind of racing like mad to uh, to make sure that we're fit for whatever this thing looks like in 2021 really have you got a good sense of that? Because I'm, I'm, you know, it, it does seem to be a moving feast. We, until we get, you know, vaccine, all those other things, it does seem 
the, the world's a bit up in the air, up in uh, um, up in the air, if the, you like. Yes, um, and this this may not be the answer that you expect. So um, I have in that the most successful people are those that actually don't need they don't need the job or they don't need the opportunity. They 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 are naturally um, confident about something. Mm. Um, my confidence stems stems from the fact I was brought up on a farm, and I always say to myself, look. If it gets really bad for me, I can always go and eat squirrels. Okay, I've you know run into the woods and eat squirrels. Not a great thing to do. Maybe <laughs> you can always survive. Mm. So that's the, that's that that's the baseline. Because people get really worried, don't they, about mortgages, about mm. their liabilities, and so on and so forth. I would say, you know, come on, what what what's the worst that can happen? You've got a you've got a lot behind you. You've kind of got a number of steps behind you. It might be a degree. It might be previous employment or whatever. It might go terribly wrong for two years, but it'll always come back again. Mm. So walk into that opportunity um, with confidence, and that's really, really important. As though you don't even need the job. Don't be arrogant about it, but as though you don't even need the job because that will give you confidence. Um, uh, you know, feel that, feel positive about uh, about things, and you are far more likely to uh, likely to see succeed. It might mean you're taking a few risks, mm. but. You're, you're far more more likely to succeed. Um, so so yeah, my my, my my view generally is is um, uh, particularly right now. Um, just look to the worst that could happen. Project that to where you are now. You're bound to be better off than that, and therefore walk in with confidence. And and uh, and you, you you can't go far wrong really. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Glass half full. Make sure you're well prepared. Super, being super well prepared makes you feel more confident anyway. Having great yeah. questions to ask, you know, you, you, all of those things make a massive difference. So, uh, no, I, I completely agree with that. And uh, I thank you for your uh, for your 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 candor and also for your your good advice. Really appreciate. It. Cheers, Jonathan. Okay, thanks, Tony. All the best. Take care. And you. Cheers. Bye. Well, there you have it. Uh, a very interesting conversation with Jonathan Goring. I think he was uh, very open and honest. Um, he stressed the importance of difference and how you really need to stand out from the crowd. Um, in fact, actually off air, he also mentioned the fact that he is very open to direct approaches, um, but they get very few of them. Uh, and in the course, in the main Career Move Secrets course, I talk a lot about this, how actually people don't, they're not very proactive in their pursuit of their perfect role. If you become more proactive, you'll be surprised at how um, effective that strategy is. Um, and if you are currently looking for your next uh, senior role, please do go to my site, careermovesecrets.com and uh, up take both of the masterclasses. One of the masterclasses is on uh, job search strategy, if you like. It's a masterclass around that. Um, it's a video-based piece, uh, well worth taking. The other one is about your CV or resume and, and essentially making sure that you have the best possible and uh, most productive CV or resume that you could possibly have. So please do have a look at those as well. And of course, if you're really super serious about uh, finding your next ideal role, then you could consider taking the premium course, which actually, I don't think I ever mentioned this, it's only $300. Uh, it's not uh, life-changing money, but it is life-changing in terms of uh, the impact that it delivers. So please do consider that. And if you're enjoying these podcasts, consider subscribing because there will be more Career Move Secrets podcasts coming very soon.